My mother bids me let Lord Edda take the black, and Lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. But they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Ellen, bring me his head. What up, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. I'm Nate, and joining me as always is my caught in the middle of a yawn brother go, Zach. Hey, what up? Thought I had him off guard. He there. didn't have me off guard. Oh, I'm Zach. What's going on? If you've joined us before, you know that we'd like to read Game of Thrones here and talk about it. And if you joined us our last episode, we were reading Danny Eight in a Game of Thrones. Shit and went down. Yeah, Danny was doing some blood magic nonsense with Miri Mazdu. <clears throat> was she? Well, she was condoning it, and yeah, we believe it was more smoke and mirrors than anything magical occurring. And Danny's water broke, and she was carried into the tent where the shadows of the na, dead na, were na, dancing. Na, na. And the Dothraki basically said, "Yo, fuck this shit. We out." They dipped. So things are falling apart for Danny. Things are falling apart in King's Landing, as we're now going to be picking up with Arya. Yeah, last we knew, Arya had disappeared through the sewers after escaping from a perilous fight that Sirio Pharrell was defending her in against. After her father was taken by the Gold Cloaks. Yeah. And so, yeah, Arya's been kind of out of the loop for a bit. This is also her last chapter in A Game of Thrones, and it's the big one, because it's the end for her father. And so, picking up, we get Arya kind of just wandering around King's Landing, and she smells the smell of hot bread drifting from the shops of the Street of Flour, and it was sweeter than any perfume she'd ever smelled. Poor girl is... Darvin. I want bread. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. So her wooden sword manages to catch the pigeon that she is pinning down in this alleyway before it flies off. She quickly grabs it, snaps its neck, and thinks to herself that catching pigeons is much easier than catching cats. Yeah. So as she's doing that, there's this random Septon walking by <laughs> that's just like... Looking at her all... The fuck is happening here? Yeah. It's pretty brutal. Like, for a high lord. High Lord's daughter to have to resort, su- resort to, to this, but I mean, luckily it's Arya because, and I know it's been said a million, million times, but if you swapped Arya and Sansa's positions, neither of yeah. them would be capable. Arya is at least able to feed herself, like, right, and she's not against eating the well, pigeon. Yeah, we find out Sansa she eats would be, it raw the first Sansa would times. be gagging and yep. having a grand old time about it. Well, she it. wouldn't even be able to catch them. That's what the, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. And so she uh She tells the Septon that this is the best place to catch the pigeons because yeah. it's the the street of bread, like a street of flour, but it's you know, where bread's made, there's the most crumbs laying around, so the birds come here. And he he don't give a fuck. Yeah, she ties the pigeon to her belt and she heads off and she ends up running into a man who's selling a cart of tarts. And yeah, I call it the tart cart. The tart cart. And it <laughs> smells delicious and it made me want a tart. Ah, oh, now I'm hungry. And she tries to trade the man with the pigeon by offering him. And he's like, pigeon. fuck off with your pigeon. Yeah, all those Three copper each. And the smells are making her mouth water and she remembers what Tyrio told her about seeing. Tyrio? H- so or Tyrio? Did I say Tyrio? You said Tyrio. Did I say Tyrio? You said Tyrio. What up, Tyrio? For real. 
Sirio. She remembers what Sirio told her about seeing, and she really looks at the man and sees that he tends to favor his left leg, and she's kind of thinking she could do the old snatch and grab yeah, before. she knows she can outrun this guy, but he's like, nah, bitch. Those gold cloaks right there will handle your business because they know how to deal with thieving little rats like you. Yeah. And she's lately been doing the best she can to avoid gold cloaks, so she thinks better of it. Yeah, she heads off away from the cart. I think it's important to note that because she'll also bring up the stealing thing in a minute. And the sight, yeah, we get the sight of the gold cloaks had tied her stomach in knots. She'd been staying as far from the castle as possible, yet even as a distance, she could see the heads rotting atop the walls. The crows already at them. And the talk in Flea Bottom was that the gold cloaks had thrown in with the Lannisters. Their commander promoted, given lands on the trident, and even a seat on the king's own council. Yes, yeah, so that's Jano's flint. Uh, slint. Jano's, Jano's flint. flint. Yeah, Fire. you're doing it too. You know, whatever. At least I corrected mine immediately and knew Ooh. I did it. Uh, so, anyway, yeah. We know that that's him. And we get, I and I really like that Martin does this, we get some of the rumor mongering that's been going yeah. on because she's been hearing other things that are scary and don't make sense to her at but all. But I like that he does sprinkle the truth in there mm-hmm. as well. So we get a lot of instances of just craziness. King Robert was slain. Uh, Ned killed the king. Ned killed the king. The, uh, d- uh, and Renly was in turn yeah, slain the, by Lord Renly. Right, or that Renly killed the king and he fled because, of course, he had to. There were rumors that Ned was dead, that the king was killed by a boar, that the king was killed eating a boar, that the king was killed because he was hunting a boar by Ned because he flew to the moon and didn't like what he saw from there. Like, all sorts of weird shit. Yeah, that he uh, uh, was poisoned by Varys the spider. Pa- poisoned the by the queen. queen. You know everything. The pox, a fishbone. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. But they all agreed on one thing: King Robert was dead, and the bells in the Great Sept of Baelor had tolled for a day and a night in mourning for him. Arya just wants to go home. That's all she home, wants. Home, home, the rain. Leaving was not easy, as talk of war was on every lips, and the gold cloaks were as thick as fleas on the walls, just like she was. Yeah, poor girl. Poor girl. So every day since her escape from the Red Keep, Arya visited one of the seven gates in turn. The Dragon Gate, the Lion Gate, and the Old Gate were closed and barred. Shut down! The Mud Gate and the Gate of the Gods were open, but only to those entering the city. And Arya saw them searching wagons, forcing riders to open saddlebags, and questioning everyone that was on foot. Yeah, it's basically hooked up with some TSA BS over there. Yep. Just lines all coming in, and everything's getting searched, and... That's that. Customs is taking your vegetables, my friends. She thought of swimming down the river, but Blackwater Rush is treacherous and deep, and its currents can just sweep you right away, so that's not a good idea. But eventually Arya had learned to trade what she did catch, her pigeons, for a bowl of brown, as it's called. Yeah, and as awful as it sounds, it almost sounds enticing also. I mean, like, is it really that, like, it's food? Like, it's I mean, stew. you probably don't want to know what's in it, but it doesn't sound terrible if you're not thinking it's a stew. Yeah, think of it as, like, a beef broth with yeah. random meat Which, thrown and in. And whatever vegetables are laying yeah, around. Yeah, and it doesn't really sound the worst meal you could ever have. And she watched, uh, she was watched by others as she did so being so young people eyed her a lot and 
some she noticed were looking at her boots and her cloaks, but others seemed to be interested in other creepier, disgustinger things. Yeah, she'd even been chased a couple times. Yeah, but um, she managed to elude them each time. That, like, fuck. Yeah. Because, like, whether, regardless, it's not a good situation, but it could be somebody trying to rape her. Well, that's the feeling her. I was getting, Like, yeah. there could be rob her, yeah, but I, it's just... Fuck yeah. the number! Like, thank God she was able to get away and do what Flea she does. Bottom's a sketchy place, yo. Yeah. And so, yeah, it said that her silver bracelet and her bundle of good clothes had been stolen from her on the first night out of the castle, and needle hadn't been taken only because she had slept on top of it to prevent it from being stolen. She ended up hiding needle by draping her cloak over her hip nah, so that yeah. way, and carrying her wooden sword in her hand to try to deter any robbers, but. There's still, <clears throat> excuse me, there's still men that are there that she feels like even if she was carrying, like, a double-bladed fucking machete machine gun, they wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah, and so most nights she usually ended up going to bed hungry because waiting for a bowl of brown was scary. too scary. Yeah. So. Um, she kept, wa- uh, at this point, she's done reminiscing, and she's walking away from the cart. Yeah, scrambling through the and crowd. And she was just trying to put distance between her and the gold cloaks, but she sees this cluster of kids run by, playing with a little fucking hula hoop, yeah, chasing after it, and it makes her think of home, which she had, you know, just said how she wants to go home. Yeah. And looks at these kids with resentment. Because she remembers a time when she used to be able to play at hoops. Yeah, with John and Bran and Rick on. Yeah, and she, yeah, it really points out her age. Like, yeah. she's just a little kid who is now lost because her father yeah. was. And I just like how, how almost angry she is with those kids that they get to live a real life. Mm-hmm. But because of who she, like, you know, they think that they've got it poor and it's shit. But because she was born a high lady, she's got a she's fucked scramble, right now. She has to yeah. hide and sh- say, run for her life. Yeah, and she just wistfully thinks of John and and home and wishes that she could see Bran and Rick on and how big they've gotten and have John muss up her hair. But she says she had also tried talking to other children, but the young ones just looked at her warily and skirted off, and the older ones called her names and tried to steal from her. One girl had even knocked Arya down to the mud and tried to steal her boots, but Arya cracked her on the ear with her stick sword and sent her sobbing and bleeding. So there was a line in there where it says that they might she doesn't know if it's because she talked differently, Mm. but I think that's part of that high lady thing, which is it is it? I think in the show it's Tywin, but it might be Roose Bolton or fucking, what is it, Vargo Hode or something like that. Who that calls teaches, her on her too proper. Lady, yeah. yeah. And so I, I'm wondering if that's what they're, he's referring to here with, because she talked differently. These these orphans and shit, they're all like, the fuck did you just say? Yeah. But Yeah, anyway. Arya decides to make her way down to the waterfront and into Fleet Bottom, uh, thinking about old Nan's stories about how kids would steal away on different galleys yeah. and have adventures, and maybe she could do that. And so she heads down there, and the wharves are oddly quiet when she does arrive. And she was watching three of the king's galleys, just oars rising yeah, and falling kinda... in the water as she continues on, and she sees some guardsmen in gray woolen cloaks trimmed with white. Yeah, she gets super excited because she... The sight of it brings tears to her eyes. Yeah. It's it's home colors, essentially, and they, they're they guarding some sort of galley behind them that's bobbing in the water, so 
She asks a dock worker and asks them what ship it is, and they tell her that that's the Wind Witch out of Mir. And Arya damn near shits herself, thinking that that was the ship her father had booked for her and Sansa, and she had assumed it had already sailed. Yeah, and it's long away. <clears throat> and so she ran up toward the pier, and ashamed of crying, sobbing over the sight of it, she stops to rub her eyes and just starts thinking her eyes, her eyes. But that makes her think of Sirio and the mantras, and she realizes she doesn't know any of those guards, and she knew all of Winterfell's guards. Mm -hmm. What's happening here? And so now she's sketched out as fuck. Yeah, one of them asks what what she's doing here, and it was all she could do not to turn and run because that would make them chase her. And she's they so were, fucking aware. She says thinks that they were looking for a girl, so she would be a boy. And so she extends the pigeon and says, "You want to buy a pigeon?" And they tell her to get out of here, and she does. <laughs> so it's funny though that she she does that right now because she completely loses that. I don't want to say intelligence because she doesn't. She's not like she's stupid. At the end of the chapter, she's just so fucking fucked after what she witnesses with her father. Yeah, that she forgets that she had pretended to be a boy, and that's all Yorin's trying to get across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, sorry, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, she reaches Flea Bottom again, and she's winding her way through the the maze of this little area, realizing that her pigeon was lost along the way. Either it <sighs> fell or something, someone stole it, and she just wants to cry. And yeah, man. Up. But like, can you blame her right there? Like, of all times, she she spent all you know the morning catching this big fat plump pigeon. She gets criticized by the weird Septon. Then she won't. She doesn't have money and can't trade the bird for a tart that was right there and smelled delicious. So now she has to settle for this shit. So she decides to take a walk and sees that these guards that are from her house are there and guarding this ship that's been there for three weeks waiting for her. Then to realize, oh, no, I'm just fucking kidding. They aren't really people for me. And then now to top it all fucking off, she lost her damn bird. Like... Fuck her life, man. Yeah, it's a shitty day. I don't blame her for wanting to sob and cry. But just then across the city, bells begin to ring. And Arya glances up, wondering what these bells meant now. And people begin shouting just to each other about the bells. The witch bells. is dead! Yeah. Ding dong. And uh, one man says that it's a summoning. Uh, uh, a fat man. It's a summoning bell. Yeah, there's, and there's this whore leaning out a window, and they're basically arguing back and forth because she's saying, ah, oh, the king's dead. Yeah, the it's boy dead. king is dead now. And, and he's like, shut the fuck up. No, your opinion yeah, doesn't matter. He calls her a stupid slut. He's, shut up, you <laughs> stupid slut. Like, <laughs> uh, so, so people were moving up the hill now, and Arya runs after a slow boy and asks, where are you going? What's happening? And he says that the gold cloaks are carrying the hand to the sept. They'll be taking his head, they say. And yeah, so, Boo said. Boo said, Boo that's said right. It. You can't, listen, if I know anything about Flea Bottom and King's Landing, it's that you can trust the word of Boo. I hate you. So they're they're running along, and Arya's not really watching where she's going. The boy knows, so he jumps over the rut in the road, but Arya trips and goes down hard, face first. Blam! Scraping right her knee, smashing her fingers. Yo, she rips the fucking ah, thumbnail yeah. in half yeah. off her thumb. Now, I've had that happen. It sucks, yo, for her to barely even be sobbing throughout this. Like, that shit fucking hurts, man. Yeah, she struggles to her knees, her thumb just covered in blood, and... 
She begins hearing a shout, Make way for lords of red wine! And Arya just manages to get out of the way as they gallop past on these horses, and she thinks that she had seen them in the Bailey a hundred times, Sir Horace and Sir Hobber, who Sansa and Jane called Horror and Slobber, which uh, we noted back when, because I think we get introduced to them first in Sansa's chapters, yeah. and we said Horror and Slobber, those are interesting fucking names. Nicknames, and yeah. Then she brought him up again. Yeah. Here. Well, I think this is the first time we actually get their legit names. Like yeah. That, who they where it's associated are. that they are called horror and slobber to Sansa and Jane, and so yeah, everyone is moving in the same direction at this point. The bells seeming louder now, and so Arya joins the stream of people. Yeah, and here's just this conversations going on around her, which About is her fucking father. brutal, yeah. man. Like people making bets on whether he'll actually be beheaded or whether he's guilty, whether it was him that killed the king, and people arguing over that. Although there is one person, it's argument that I really liked that I noted that says, since when do they nick traitors on the steps of the Great Sept? Yeah. Which just shows you Joffrey's rashness of... And how... That's an affront to the gods. You know, they like that would be done elsewhere. They wouldn't just chop his head off right there on Baylor's steps. Yeah, but. Yeah. And so, yeah, by the time they reached the Street of the Sisters, they were packed in shoulder to shoulder, and Arya just let the human current carry her to the top of Visenya's Hill. The plaza was a mass of people all trying to get closer to the Sept of Baylor, and Arya squirmed through the crowd, unable to see, because she's just a short little, little yeah, kid. Yeah, she did spot a wagon that she thought about climbing to the top of, but she'd seen nah. that there were a bunch of other people doing that already, and they were getting torn off by whips, and yeah. like, fuck that. So she instead keeps making her way towards the front, where she comes across the sept of ba- uh, the statue of Baylor. She gets, oh, excuse me. She gets shoved against the plinth of the statue of Bessor, uh, Baylor the Blessed, and begins to climb. Her thumb leaving bloody smears on the marble, which I just thought was that. Uh, that's such an image. That, yeah, that white marble stone and just these smears of bloody handprints climbing up it. Fuck. So she makes it up, and that was when she saw her father. Daddy dearest. Lord Eddard stood outside the doors of the Sep, dressed in much richer clothing than you would expect a man for Mm -hmm. being in the red cells, but... And uh, he was thinner than Arya had ever seen him, uh, looking sickly and, and gaunt. And he was being held up more than he was standing, as his cast was gray and rotten. So I, I, I did just make a little note about how, even throughout this, like, her father's up there looking like shit, and she knows it, but how fucking aware she actually is of, like, yeah, he's dressed really nice, but why is he so thin? Mm-hmm. Why is his cast rotten? Like, what the fuck is happening? And... Like, she's fucking nine. She's having the worst day of her damn life, and she's still just picking this shit out like it's nothing. Yeah, the High Septon was behind him, a squat old fat man, and an obnoxious uh, head dress thing. I put that he's looking BS fabulous. Sure. He's bullshit. Like, just all this nonsense, like, big old crown, like, dressed like the Did you just say this is Pycelle? Did I say Pycelle? Yeah, you said old bitch Pycelle. When I said the High Septon, I'm just making sure you're not making associating them as the same person because they're not. The same no, because he's not BS fabulous. No, like the, the, high, the septum. high Septon. Is, yeah, you were yeah, like, like, "Oh, bitch, Paso." When I said the High Septon for some reason, 
You fucked me all up. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, BS Fabulous works for this Yeah, for the High Septon. Yeah. He's got, the, yeah, it like casts rainbows his headdress as he yeah, turns like, and shit. And like, so that's he's so like, extra. And uh, around the doors of the Sept were a knot of knights and high lords, and Joffrey was prominent among them, looking dapper, and his queen mother beside him in a morning gown of black slashed with red crimson. And Arya sees the hound in a white cloak yeah. with four king's guard around him, and Varys slips up onto the, the little plinth as well. Just going from lord to and lord. And she sees the man with the pointy goatee that had once fought a duel for her mother. Which is, I like, I don't know that I like it, but she doesn't even really know his name. Yeah. And he's one of the most dangerous players in the game. And for her, like, Sansa learns and knows all there is to know about him eventually. But Arya, like, obviously we all know They're she not even him. on each other's radar, though. That's like, it. Like, and that's what's him. crazy. He's eluded her for, for now. Yeah. And so, and there was Sansa. Dressed in sky blue silk, and Arya scowled, wondering what she was doing there. And why she looked so happy. Ugh, it's such a good twist on it, where Sansa's obviously expecting Joffrey to fulfill her plea for mercy, so she thinks things, her father's gonna be allowed to take the black. So, I'm gonna bring it up right now, I know you had mentioned it to me a few times throughout, but this, we're gonna see the death of Ned here. We see it from Arya's point of view. Why Arya's point of view? And so I think that this right here is a big part of it as well, to to build that confusion in the sisters, because Arya's like, what the fuck's happening? Granted, I think she can put most of it together once they reveal that, once Joffrey reveals that Sansa had begged mercy, but can she? With this high tension and shit? Yeah. And so... I think it's just kind of showing the two massive differences in what's happening in their lives, and this gave us the what it looks like, and we, on top of getting Arya's point of view, we're getting King's Landing's point of view. We're mm. hearing the citizens and how they feel about it, whereas from Sansa, we've been hearing the High Lords. We know what their plans are. We know that Cersei intends to go send him to the Wall, and we didn't know that Joffrey was going to you know, turn that on its end. I mean, we yeah. do, but, but with Arya, we get not just, I think she represents the small folk in the King's Landing itself. So we get to hear their perspectives, what they think is happening and how confused and lost they are. And that might be why he's doing it from this perspective to show the, I mean, who else can we see it from? There's I also, like, I, I, in thinking that when I finished finally, I thought, because uh, I subscribe to the theory that it may be Arya is the one who destroys King's Landing, and this chapter just cements that for me with the crowd hating on her father as much as they do, and her basically yelling at them to stop it. Trying, like like yeah. she, you know, could influence that. So I just and also I being think aware it was of how like, little I she think does. the point of making this her point of view chapter of seeing her father die is to sort of paint how how much destruction King's Landing brought to her life of coming here. When she first came here at the start of this book, she was all excited. By the end, mm-hmm. she's lost absolutely everything. She doesn't even really have a hope or a prayer at this point of returning home. Like, she's walking around flea-bottom just trying to kill pigeons to eat. Like, 
So I think this is the setup to make Arya detest the city and the citizens in it. The people crying for her father, betting on her father losing his head, mm-hmm. like the, that just made so light of it while she's clutching to the statue of Baylor. Giving her a reason to hate the city. Giving as her a whole. reason to hate the city and then also seeing these high lords gathered up there where, you know, soon Varys is going to be flailing and Sansa's going to be shrieking and crying and it's all just this game to them. It's, yeah. it's a performance and everyone's playing their part. And so I think it's more to paint King's Landing in this unfavorable light to Arya, extremely unfavorable light. But Lord Eddard Stark raised his voice, or lifted his head, and began to speak. At first so weak and thin that she starts to hear him, and people start, why? Well, I can't hear anything. So a guard steps up and prods him, and Arya wants to yell at him, don't you hurt my father. But he begins again and says, I am Lord Eddard Stark, and I come before you to confess my treason in sight of God and men. And Arya thinks no. Yeah, but he goes on to basically say that Joffrey is the one true king and that yeah. he was a terrible person. I betrayed him, sought to take the throne for myself and kill his children and blah, Ari- blah, blah, yeah, blah. Arya's blah. not okay A stone with this. Flo- sailed out from the crowd and Arya cried out when she saw that it struck her father. He staggered back a bit. Blood ran down his face from a gash in his forehead. More stones followed, hitting King's Guard and guardsmen alike. Yeah, so the guards around Joffrey and the Queen step forward to block them from getting hit from any stones. And uh, Arya's uh, hand goes to Needle. Yeah. She finds Needle's grip and she starts to pray, Please keep him safe. Don't let them hurt my father. And the High Septon kneels before Joffrey and his mother. As we sin, so do we suffer. This man has confessed his crimes in the sight of gods and men in this holy place. The gods are just, yet Belor the Blessed taught us that they are also merciful. What shall be done with this traitor, your grace? God, I hate the fucking show of it. It just... Yeah, it's a big old thing. Yeah, like, and... in this most holy of place, like, fuck off, High Septon. You're a fucking cockroach, too. And that's... Because Joffrey comes in playing his role very good until he twists it on everybody. Nobody expects this from him, which, why wouldn't you? He's a fucking sadist. I really like... It says a thousand voices were screaming, but Arya never heard them as Joffrey, Joffrey steps yeah, forward. Yeah, steps forward. And he's, My mother bids me let Lord Eddard take the black, and Lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. And then he looks straight at Sansa and smiles. Probably this wonderful, like... Her in her head at this point. I can see that's why we don't need a Sansa chapter for this because we know what she. Oh, my prince, look <sighs> at the way he smiles at me. He loves Even me. Even Arya thought for a second that her prayers were yeah. answered. And he says, But they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Ellen, bring me his head. And I feel like he puts his fingertips together here and starts cackling. 
But or he just starts beating himself off because he's a little sadist. Arya feels the statue rock forward as the surge of the crowd fucking rushes. Yeah, the crowd roars. The high septon clutched at the king's cape. Varys rushed over, waving his arms, and even the queen was Yo, saying it's, something it's King's to Landing's Joffrey. Woodstock. But Joffrey was shaking his head. Then he stepped up, tall and fleshless, a skeleton in iron mail. The king's justice. I like how even she seems terrified of him. Like, uh, Sansa had that her chapter there where she was just fucking freaked out by him. Mm. Bran in the vision kind of saw ill in there. And, like, the whole Stark family is just fucking scared of this dude. Dimly, as if from afar, Arya heard her sister scream. Sansa had fallen to her knees sobbing. Sir Illyn climbed the pulpit. So Arya wiggles and threw herself off the statue into the crowd, slamming a man to the ground, needle in hand, and bodies closed around her, and she begins slashing at them with needles. And atop the pulpit, the gold cloaks flung Lord Eddard to the marvel and let his... Hest and Ched dangle, head and chest dangle over the edge. I love the way that Martin writes this scene with the into the fight, up to the stage, mm. into the fight, up to the like, and just flashing between the two. Yeah, so Arya is squirming and shoving, slamming anyone in her way. Yeah, because but... somebody yelled at her, "Here, you!" And she fucking bolted trying to get through this crowd in general. Yeah. Um, and she felt like some hands grabbing at her legs, and she just fucking starts hacking with needle at her behind her. And she then climbs up a woman, slashing on either side of the woman. Like, I, I just picture it as her trying to use this woman as a horse to just, like, clear a way through. She just wasn't stopping running, man. This woman went yeah. down, and she went up and over, but it was no good. There were too many people. And she could still hear Sansa screaming. And Sir Illyn draws a two-handed greatsword that ripples in the sunlight, and Arya recognizes it as ice. Fuck. He has ice, she thinks, as tears stream down her cheeks, blinding her. And then an arm closed around her arm like a wolf trap. Bam! Needle flying from her hand, she was lifted off the ground, and a face came close to hers. Black hair, tangled beard, rotten teeth. Don't look, he snarled at her. Yeah, she would have been thrown to the ground if he didn't have a grip on her. He came in at her so hard. Arya starts to, while she's sobbing, and the old man shakes her. Shut your mouth and close your eyes, boy. And dimly, she heard a noise. A soft sighing sound as if a million people had let out their breath at once. Yeah. And that's it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Lord Eddard Stark's head leaving his shoulders. And it's so subtle, and it's you don't even get the... So, do you remember the first time you read that? No. No, and now you had seen the show first. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't... Because when I first read it, the show wasn't out. Mm. I don't think it hit me until the next chapter that he had actually been killed here. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, obviously there was the, it had happened, but there was still the, no, no, because Ned's the hero. Yeah, yeah. Ned, Ned they, like, they pulled him away at the last second. She just didn't see. But then uh, Bran and Sansa, like, the next chapter's confirming, and it was just like, holy yeah. fuck. Because I'd never read a book before where, you know, somebody takes this character that you're so invested in, the good guy, 
boom, he's fucking done. Yeah. And it was just like, shit, Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely remember just flying through this chapter and not thinking nothing of it. And even knowing that Ned died, I think I still missed it there. That like, And then when I started the next chapter, Bran, I was like, oh, that actually fucking was it. Okay, like, shit. Because, yeah, it's just so subtle. It's She hears sort of the release of the crowd as it happens yeah, more like, than anything oh. else. And, yeah, Yorin is still screaming at her, look at me, that's it, at me, remember, boy? And it was the smell that did it. She recalled the black brother who had visited her father and Yorin, we know. Yeah, because that was the night that Ned had summoned her there, she, mm-hmm. and they were talking, and Yorin came in and interrupted the fuck out of that shit. There's a bright boy, he spat, they're done here, you'll be coming with me, and you'll be keeping your mouth shut. And the plaza was emptying as people drifted yes. back to their lives. But Arya's life was gone. Numb. She trailed along beside. Arya's life was gone. Like That's it. She dies here in mm-hmm. King's Land. And I think that's going to be her when she comes back. Is That's going to be her thinking is, I died here when you killed yeah, my father in yeah. front of me. Like, fuck this city, I'm nuking it. Bye. And, yeah, so she follows, she recalls Yorin's name, and he handed her needle, and she didn't even know he had it until it's in her hand, and he says, I hope you can use that, boy. And she says, I'm not. And he just fucking... Yeah, shoves her into a doorway, grabs a handful of hair, and yanks back. Not a smart boy, is that what you're saying? And he had a knife in his other hand. Yeah, and so goddamn, if he doesn't end this chapter in a fucked up way, if it's your first read. Well, that's through. it. With your first read through, I think my first read through, I thought Arya was about to get raped, something crazy. Like I, because I don't think I remember. I would have at least thought was right away. She's going into the next book in the hands of someone that I don't want her with. Right, like, right. This is bad. He's gonna try to like sell her, do or something, use her. And yeah, the blade flashed in her face. His grip on her hair, holding her fast, so strong. And she could feel her scalp tearing, and on her lips, the salt taste of tears. And so, yeah, uh, that's the end of Arya's chapter, all of them, in A Game of Thrones. Yeah, now we know... We know here that he's cutting her hair to disguise her, He's and that's, I would assume, the tearing of the scalp, is that rough yeah, blade, that blade just yanking. kind of ripping and not yep. really cutting so much. And, yeah, she's terrified, so she sees it as he's coming at her with a knife. But, yeah, when you're first reading it, man, yeah, you're like, I would immediately be like, fuck, she's going to be with this fucking dickhead next book. When you learn that Yorin's yeah. actually decent, and he's trying to get her north and get her home. But yeah. that's the end of Lord Eddard Stark. That's the end. At the hands of ice. Yeah, man. Like, and that... I like how I don't like it, but I like how emotional she got yeah, over she saw over the fact that it's ice mm-hmm. that's going to be doing this deed, and the fact that this monster who or she thinks is a monster, her and Sansa think have it's a monster, and he's the one wielding this monster. fucking thing. Yeah, you got an ducky? Fuck, man. Um. Um. I think I'm going to give it to. The, the High Septon, just because he looks so fabulous up there, like, rocking <laughs> his fucking shit. And he's, I think he just, he's a failed actor. He's a failed mummer, and he wants to be the best he, him he can be. So he's up there just putting on the fucking show of a lifetime. Just prostrating just for handling, anything. You know, so, 
Yeah, we'll get him in good. this Good, he's going to get ripped apart by the blood riot, uh, bread riot soon. So. Good, good, yeah. yeah. Uh, mine, I think, is going to go to Baylor the Blessed. Fuck yeah. Because, and I, I had never really thought about it until this scene, but I really, in this chapter, was thinking about Arya's return to Westeros and if she ever comes back to this city. And I would like, if she does, to see her stop by this statue and yeah. almost look for the bloody smears mm-hmm. and everything of her climbing it and just remembering what it was. So I think this statue is, I think it will, at some point, I think Arya will run into it again in her story. And so I'm not not even Baylor the Blessed, but this statue of Baylor the Blessed will put it up in like the in back the corner. corner or something. Yeah. But I really do think it's going to come back into play in Arya's chapters just as a That'd symbolic. Cool. Maybe where, there's like a Varys secret tunnel under it or something. Where she lost everything yeah. or something. And so, yeah, the statue of Baylor the Blessed. That's dope. He was giving Arya the vantage point and helping her see. And we know seeing is so Sweet. important with Arya. So, if you have your own inductees, you can send those into us. Some people have this episode. Like our friend Julian, Julian from France. Yeah, Julian wrote in. He uh, he says, it's funny because rereading this chapter, I remembered very well the first time I read it a few weeks ago. It marked me because obviously it's when we attend Ned's death, but mostly because I didn't see it coming at all. I knew Eddard's sad ending was happening, but still I was surprised. And I think that's what you were talking to, to the sort of vagueness of it. Yeah, where... Well, that and it's, you don't expect, Ned has his own point of view chapters. We expect it to happen in his chapter. Mm. And it happens in an Aria chapter. So it's like, oh shit. And he goes on to say, moreover, I couldn't help but think that when you're reading that for the first time ever and not knowing the full story, you probably wonder if he dies or not. All Arya is giving us is the numb sounds and the chaos. She feels devastated, yet we don't have visual proof her father died. Or maybe I would just be nitpicking. No, no, no. I think that's yes. an intentional. I don't even think that's a nitpick. I think Martin wants you to question. Would that Did leave, it happen? He likes to leave that ambiguity. Yeah. No, you picked up on that perfectly. Yeah, no, I don't even it. think that's nitpicking. But he says, my inductee sure isn't going to be Yorin's toothbrush. <laughs> But it's going to be a funny one. I really want to bring to the Brotherhood the slower boy that Arya was following at first when the bells are ringing. Why? Because that smart kid saw the rut in the ground (laughs) and didn't fall like a little shit. Sorry, Arya, you're going to be so badass someday that I need to make fun of you while I can. Enjoy recording, friends. Valor to Harris. We always enjoy recording, especially when you are writing into us. So, Valor Morghulis, thank you, Julian, in France. And if you would like us to read one of your inductees, you can write into us. Our g- email is withoutmannersbrotherhood at gmail.com. You can get us on Instagram, at mannerswithout. I'm on Twitter, at mannerswithout. Zach's on Twitter, at carstark92. We have our Facebook group, facebook.com slash brotherhoodpodcast. There's a private Facebook group if you subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon. That's patreon.com slash withoutmanners. We do have Patreons in there. Patreons. We have patrons. Patreons. And so shout out to Teresa for being a badass. <laughs> and otherwise, let us know what you think about this chapter, about Ned's final chapter. Not his final appearance, as he will appear in some, like, Bran episodes. Well, I mean, it's not Ned's on. final chapter. It's Arya's final chapter in the Game of Thrones. It's just Ned's last appearance. Well, that's what I mean. It's Special guest final. appearance Special by Ned Stark. Arya... Five, what do we number? What number is that? Aria what? Five. Aria five featuring Ned Stark. There you go. No longer though. No. Bye. Longer. So yeah, that that's the end of Ned. We're gonna be continuing this journey without him. We, we only have, have a couple more seven chapters. Seven chapters left of the series. Next of the book, not the fucking series. Of the like a, series. Shut the My fuck up. Gosh. Shut up. 
And next episode, we're going to be reading Brand 7. Brand's going to be receiving the news. And it's his last chapter as and well. And after that, we'll have Sansa, and that will be Sansa's last chapter as yeah, well. We're... And so, yeah, we are wrapping it up. We are quickly getting to the end. Yeah, so, so to give a quick idea, we'll get dates once we have the dates. But as we approach the end, there's going to be like a one to two week hiatus where we're not going to release any episodes. And that's just so that we can get our episodes recorded for Clash of Kings. And then we'll start releasing those about two weeks after the final episode of the Game of Thrones reread. Yeah, and we're so. also going to do just one episode sort of talking about the whole book as a whole of Game yeah, of Thrones. So there'll be a final inductee for our entirety of the book and who we think sort of stood out, mainly character development wise. Yeah, and just or, wrap up the first book read through and Yeah, and it's been great so far. We're really glad if you've joined us since the beginning or if you've jumped on recently, we're glad to have you here and listening with us. So stick with us as we wrap up the first book of George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire. Bella DeHarris. Peace. Peace.